0: ESPN Daily is presented by YouTube TV. Try it free today at youtube.com slash NBA23. New users only. Terms apply. Cancel anytime.
1: Hallie Grossman, how would you describe the Oklahoma softball team? What it's achieved in the last decade or so?
2: Oh my goodness, where to start? So as of this moment... They are riding a 50-game win streak.
0: This one is turned on by Haley Lee, crushed and driven way out of here. That was a rocket.
3: This one going long and into the glove of Coleman.
0: Deep drive to straightaway center by Hanson. This one is gone. It's a grand slam.
3: It is never ending in this lineup.
2: That's the longest win streak in NCAA softball history. They also have the third-longest, fourth-longest, and fifth-longest all-time win streaks, too.
0: Swing and a miss, and five straight strikeouts for Jordy Ball. And as good as she's ever been. Jennings sends it back. You know it's gone. Deep drive. Way gone to left. Sophia Nugent hits one over the scoreboard at Marina Hines
2: Field. So that's what's been going on in Norman, Oklahoma for the past decade or so, just Dominant, relentless winning. The Sooners have won 96% of their games since 2020. So they are just quite literally almost never losing. In that same time period, so since 2020, they've outscored opposing teams by almost 1,500 runs. I think they're perhaps the most dominant team in any sport at any level right now. Mm. But I, I know you're the history buff. Are they Nick Saban's <laughs> Alabama teams? Are they Steph Curry's Warriors? They seem up there with the historical grades, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, like the Yukon women's basketball team of the last quarter century. Right. The Soviet hockey teams of the 1970s and 1980s. <laughs> but this is a sport, unlike you know, some of those other teams we talked about, that doesn't lend itself naturally to that kind of dominance.
2: Yeah, you know, they do seem to be going about their dominance in a different way. I wrote this in the story, and I think it holds true now. You know, from the moment I touched down in Oklahoma, that most eye-opening thing about the Sooners to me is that they are doing more than just breaking the mold on dominance. They are breaking the mold on how to be dominant. This is a program, a coach and Patty Gasso, a group of players that is not wholly consumed by winning. The fact that they've lost just one game so far this year, three total last year, four total the year before that. And you think these people must live and die by wins. They must be obsessed. Like like Michael Jordan, take it personal level, right? But, But they just aren't. These are players who told me that one of the best parts about winning the national championship was that after a few days, that high faded away. It was gone. And that was reassuring to them because it told them that who they are isn't all about softball. I spent about a week in Norman shadowing Sooners last year, and it became really apparent really quickly how much the idea that these wins and these championships are, they're not on any one player's shoulders. And because of that, they can play free. They can play unburdened. Mm. It's practically doctrine for them. So, you know, even losing Jocelyn Allo, the best home run hitter in the history of the game, does not need to spell the end to a dynasty. Losing Lindsay Elam, their two-year captain, does not need to stop this train. And here we are, a year after they won their second straight national championship. They have their sights on a three-feet.
1: When it comes to dynasties in the 21st century, it's easy to point to the New England Patriots and the Golden State Warriors and UConn women's basketball. But the Oklahoma Sooners softball team... It's spent the past decade completely dominating its competition. The Sooners have won five titles since 2013. They've gone back-to-back twice. And now, they're on the cusp of completing the first three-peat in their sport in more than three decades. So today, Hallie Grossman explains how the Sooners have broken the mold by redefining how to be dominant on and off the field. I'm Jeremy Schapp. It's Monday, June 5th. This is ESPN Daily. Two guys drove to work.
0: Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or tick it. Paid for by NHTSA.
1: So, Hallie, the Sooners are now just three wins away from completing a three-peat. It would be the first three-peat in college softball since UCLA back in 1990. They're facing Stanford in a Women's College World Series rematch. Later today, a rematch in this World Series already. So far this postseason, how have the Sooners been playing?
2: You know, as much as the Sooners have cruised through this year, there have been some white-knuckle moments for Oklahoma in the postseason. They were down to their last strike against Clemson.
0: Sooners aren't done yet. The tying run will come to the plate here in the seventh.
2: They rallied with a three-run home run in the seventh inning to tie the game.
1: Swung on, hit deep to left field.
3: It's a rise ball over the left field wall to tie up this ball game with just one swing of the bat.
2: And then won the game on a solo homer in the ninth to sweep the Super Regional.
0: And a ball is crushed to center field and Oklahoma
2: is on top of the ninth inning. Tiari Jennings. Then they battled and battled. Stanford's ace pitcher, Nigeria Kennedy, in a really tight two-nothing win.
0: Left side base hit. Here comes hard to the ball. and Oklahoma takes the lead.
2: But there's been some cruising too. They hammered Tennessee in their most recent outing, nine to nothing. So it's been a little bit of everything for the Sooners so far.
1: Yeah, it's been on full display all the different ways they can beat you.
2: Absolutely. They won in all these different ways and comeback wins and pitching duels and offensive outbursts the, the same way that they won all year long by being the best at what they do all over the field. You know, the Sooners lead the country in batting average, in earned run average, fielding percentage, doubles per game, home runs per game, slugging, scoring, of course. You know, Patty Gasso makes the point of saying that the games that they'll remember forever are the ones where they thrived under pressure, where they had to sweat it out. But there just hasn't been a lot of sweating this year. You know, college softball has what basically amounts to a mercy rule. If a team leads by eight or more runs in the fifth inning or later, the game ends in a run rule. And the Sooners have 28 run rule wins this year. They also have 34 shutouts. So despite Coach Gasso's propensity for pressure-packed moments, they have been few and far between.
1: So how have they been handling the pressure as this winning streak keeps building and building?
2: Coach Gasso, a few days ago, she said, look, no one believes me when we say it, but we don't talk about it.
0: I know the last win of this tournament is the most important to you, but this is 50 straight. Does 50 mean anything to you? Nope.
3: It means we're winning a lot of games. Um, but I, I'll say it again. No, I just, nobody seems to want to believe what I'm saying. Like I'm, We don't talk about it. We don't. We really don't.
2: The way Coach Gatso put it was that it's already written in the books. They play
3: to win. They play for championships. What we want to do is bring a national championship back to the University of Oklahoma and the state of Oklahoma, because that will never be taken away from us. You can never take that away. It will live forever.
2: They don't feel like they're trying to chase themselves or chase history. They have all these championship trophies, right? Five since 2013, six total in Patty Gasso's era. And they're all stashed in a corner of a sort of dingy team meeting room that they call the classroom at the ballpark. (laughs) And they want to win another trophy, of course. And if and when they do, then that one will go in the classroom along with the rest. But I think that's pretty illustrative of how they view pressure.
1: These tokens of their greatness... Why? Why don't they have them on on display for the world to see?
2: You know, that's what Patty Gasso said. She said we don't get these trophies to shine them up. They literally, quite literally, just sort of toss them aside into this corner of this room in a, it's a pretty dingy, sort of nondescript room in the ballpark that they call the classroom, and all of their trophies are just sort of placed on top of one another in the corner, you know, I had to walk by and be like, is that, is that them? Is that them? And they were, it, that's how they, that's how they have um, honored their past success.
1: So they're not, not only are they not resting on their laurels, they're not even showing their laurels. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and look, we're talking about this team trying to win a third consecutive national championship as if it's one entity, as if it's static, but of course it's college softball. And to a greater extent than ever before, we've got transfers. We've got the transfer portal. This is a very different team than the team that won the last two national championships. And of course, we've talked about Jocelyn Allo, widely regarded as the greatest player in college softball history. She's gone. So how have they maintained their excellence with a roster that's significantly different?
2: I asked Coach Gasso this the other day. How do you lose Jocelyn Allo, who's the Babe Ruth of college softball? How do you lose Lindsey Elam, the two-time captain? How do you lose these caliber of players, these caliber of leaders, but not lose a step? And what she said really surprised me. She said the beginning of the season was tough. She was frustrated, with and the team was frustrated with her.
3: And to be honest, it started a little bit rough uh, here as... I was still exhausted, our team was still exhausted, but it's September, it's time to get started. And I just felt a little bit of pushback. And so we went through some rough times,
2: but... Nearly half the team was new. Out of 20 players, four were transfers, four were freshmen. And figuring out how to gel together, how to build chemistry together, was a bumpy ride. She said that they didn't know how to move forward together. And Coach Gasso's solution to that was to take every single player out for a meal, one-on-one, even the veterans, who she's known for years at this point, because she wanted them to feel like they had her, just her, for a moment.
3: Relationships were important to them, so I made sure that I tried to spend more time with each one of them and really getting to know them. And Mm. Uh, we're rolling right now. I feel really good about And that it. was sort of the start of the road back to figuring the season out. And, you know,
2: man, have they figured it out, right? They are the heavy favorites to be the first team to three-peat since UCLA 33 years ago.
1: So, Hallie, these new members of the Sooners dynasty who've just arrived, how are they meshing? And how do their personalities fit into what this team was when they got there?
2: You know, it wasn't seamless at first. Coach Gasso said that more than any other team she's ever had, this was a team with different cultures, different backgrounds, different styles. And there was a learning curve when it came to blending together successfully. You've got a new captain in Grace Lyons. She's a decorated veteran on this team, of course, but a different kind of captain than they used to have in Z. Elam. They were able to replace some of Jocelyn Allo's firepower with Haley Lee, a transfer from Texas A&M. But she's a different kind of player than Patty Gasso has typically recruited. And originally she was thinking, you know, can I recruit her? She's got tattoos. She rides this motorcycle. She's a little different than the folks that she has normally recruited. And then she thought to herself, why am I, why am I saying this? Because when she faced her, when the, when the Sooners faced her, they hated it when she came to the plate.
1: So they found a way to make it work.
2: They did. They found a way to make it work. And interestingly, there was this very defined moment when Patty Gasso thought, OK, we're getting somewhere here. She created something called the Battle Series, and it was just an interest squad scrimmage with, that they played on Wednesdays in October and November. And when they played, she said she felt like she was watching two top 10 teams going up against each other, which, you know, it probably was considering how stacked and how deep this Oklahoma team is. But what she loved about those scrimmages, what showed her what she needed to see, was how they were acting and playing like these scrimmages were in-season games. They were knockdown, drag out battles. And that's when Patty Gasso thought, okay, something really good is happening here. What Patty Gasso started to notice was that they started to play volleyball in the backyard of Kenzie Hansen's house, another senior on the team. Mm. She said watching them play volleyball, she thought they could have been recruited for D1 volleyball, that they were that good and that intense. Mm. Um, and she enjoyed what they were doing and what they were building together as a team so much in terms of camaraderie that she actually brought the volleyball net, uh, the setup, to the outfield of the ballpark so they could play there as well.
1: Mm. Not easy. Spiking, wearing spikes. But coming up, how Patty Gasso's journey laid the groundwork for the Sooners' tremendous success.
0: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in-person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live.
1: What's Patty Gasso like? You know, she's been in this job for 28 years. She took over in 1995. The program uh, was neglected, you could say, at that point. Now it's this, you know, uh, national program, uh, dominant in its sport. How has that changed her?
2: Patty Gasso is sort of an iconoclast, right? She's amassed all these wins, all these championships. She's the person chiefly responsible for supersizing the expectations in Norman. But she has a Bill Belichick record of success without all that grim-faced Bill Belichick severity. (laughs) When I was down in Norman last year, I asked her if she'd have a few minutes to talk one-on-one. And I'm just hoping for scraps of her time because she's gearing up for yet another Women's College World Series run. And instead, she proposes grabbing lunch a few hours before the game, the same Mm. day that they're hoping to clinch the Big 12 regular season title. Which, you know, aside, of course they do. But what I found out is that she basically avoids getting to the ballpark until a few hours before first pitch. She doesn't want to stare at game film until her eyes glaze over. She doesn't want to think and think and think about softball or the game ahead. What she said to me and repeated to me more than once was, I gotta live. I gotta live. (laughs) And yeah, and I think that's what makes her an iconoclast in a lot of ways. She's bucking this idea that in order to dominate at an elite level, you have to be pathological in how you go about doing it.
1: I don't think that's a nice thing to say about Bill
2: Belichick. (laughs) No offense to Bill Belichick. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: due respect. So that idea that there has to be life as well as softball, how has that changed for her over the course of her time in Norman?
2: She didn't arrive in Norman, this fully formed coach who had her priorities in perfect order, who never lived and died by wins, who never felt the burden of expectations. Of course, she did. She has said as much. She told me she was very much living in that space where her identity was wrapped up in wins and losses, and it was miserable. She was miserable. The Sooners won the national championship in 2016, and they returned a lot of star power the next year. So there was this idea that, of course, they'll do it all again. And instead, Gasso said they all, she, her players, they were all chasing themselves, trying to top what they had done the year before. They were floundering. And it was right around that time that she met and formed a friendship with an author named Brett Ledbetter, who helped her really start to recalibrate those priorities to sort of untangle her identity from winning and losing and to start being able to leave softball at Marita Heinz Field and not live at the complex. Hmm. She really began to sand away her edges. And she told me that, you know, some of her former players would call her up and say, why are you changing? Why are you becoming so soft? And her answer to them was, I don't think I'm becoming soft. I think I'm becoming smarter.
1: So the way that Patty Gasso has evolved herself, the way that she approaches the job and her life, she, she also applies that to the way she manages her players and expects them to have things in their life beyond the game. And that was evident in her relationship with her greatest and most famous player.
2: Patty Gasso, she actually tells this one story about her time coaching Jocelyn Alo that I think sheds all sorts of light on how she, how Coach Gasso, I should say, approaches this business of being staying a dynasty. You know, Jocelyn Alo hit 30 home runs when she came to Norman as a freshman, and when she came back as a sophomore... Coach Gasso said she was chasing herself, trying to one-up herself, desperate to get something like 40 home runs as an encore. And all that ended up happening was Jocelyn wound up hating softball, hating coming to practice, hating the player she had become.
3: I feel like just in that moment, I was being just such a horrible teammate. I just didn't like softball at all at that time and took it for granted. But... Never again will I take it for granted, that's for sure.
2: So Coach Gasso basically expelled her from the team for two
3: weeks. I gave her like a two-week hiatus where I said, become a regular person and then let's reconvene and see what you feel like. And she fought me, no, I don't want to do this. And I'm like, this is not your choice. This is what we're going to do. And it changed her life. She took softball
2: away... Because she wanted Jocelyn Allo, the best number one hitter that college softball has ever seen. She wanted her to know that the team could win without her. So if Patty Gasso, if she has a doctrine, it's that, that this team is good enough to carry on without any one player. If one of her players thinks she is that good, she is not. If they think she is carrying the weight of the team on her shoulders alone, she is not.
1: Is the point to take the pressure off of her players or to kind of cut them down to size where they're part of a team rather than larger than the team.
2: You know, when she says that, she really doesn't mean it as a threat. She means it as a bomb for these for these players that, you know, you don't have to carry the load because the girl next to you, the girl on the other side of you, she is just as good and she is just as much a part of this um, as everyone.
1: So it's kind of like... Uh... When Charles de Gaulle would say, Hallie, the cemeteries are filled with indispensable men. (laughs) That's the mentality in Norman. So uh, 58 wins so far this year. They've got a 50 game winning streak (sighs) to win it again, especially with a team that is so much different than the teams that won last couple of years. Can you put that achievement into perspective for us?
2: I mean, there's only been one three-peat in the history of college softball, so it's, it's pretty rarefied air. And,
1: and you look at the numbers, too. I was looking at the numbers, what UCLA did from 1988 to 1990, and taking nothing away from them. It almost is if you, if you look at just these raw numbers, it's almost like it's an entirely different sport. During that three-season dominance when UCLA won those championships, the team batting average was 280. Right. This team's batting average over the last three seasons is 383. In the last three seasons, the Sooners have hit 428 home runs. In that three-season span, the Bruins hit 25 home runs. They averaged eight home runs a year. Now, the Bruins had a 0.43 ERA, so basically no one ever scored against them. And this team's 1.33. So this team is power and great pitching. 1.33 is great, but it's, it's different.
2: Absolutely. It's It's like a different game. Um, but yeah, as you said, taking nothing away from those UCLA teams, this team from top to bottom on defense, on offense, and on pitching, they are just a complete dominant team.
1: You know, this team is, is terrific. It's been utterly dominant for three years. They're doing things that have never been done before in the game, but it's softball. Anything can happen. So if they, if they don't get there... How is it going to happen? How are they going to be prevented from three-peating?
2: We probably got the best peek at what could maybe sort of potentially have the chance to trip up Oklahoma. And that's what Stanford was able to do just a few days ago, which was put a very good, very dominant pitcher who the Sooners hadn't faced before in the circle. Patty Gasso said she was watching that game thinking, geez, the the first team that scores is going to win. And it was close. It was much closer than most Oklahoma wins. But of course, Oklahoma did score first and they did go on to win. Obviously, it's hard to win a championship, let alone two in a row, let alone three in a row, which is what Oklahoma is trying to do this year. But, you know, that said, yeah, I think that they can do it. I think it would be uh, more surprising if not that they if they didn't. Um, you know, the Sooners have earned that belief.
1: Thank you, Hallie. Thank you so much. I'm Jeremy Schapp, and this has been ESPN Daily. We'll talk to you
3: tomorrow.